Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast with Paul and Brian. Today's episode is about seeking approval. It's something that both Paul and I have related to in the past. And we were thinking maybe some of you out there may have the same situation going on. So approval seeking is what, Paul, usually? Well, I think we've all done it. And it usually comes from when we're not on equal footing or we don't feel we're on equal footing. It's a form of uh, a a defense mechanism, if you will, or it's a tool that we use to feel more a part of the scenario or the people we're around with. Sometimes it comes from peer pressure. Sometimes it comes from your ego stemming from not feeling like you're on equal footing with other people. Maybe you feel a little less than. So it's it's a way that we try to, you know, be part of the gang. If so you it's usually from a diminished sense of self. Absolutely. I think that's a great way of putting it. And what we want to do today is just look at how have we done this in our lives and, you know, was it when we felt less than or was it when we felt pressure uh, to not be exposed or to just be part of the game? You know? So it's trying to get others to like us, doing things we don't want to to get others to like us. Or pretending that we have a girlfriend. Or yeah, a boyfriend, we don't do that you know? anymore. But that was something that we used to do a long time ago in the old days. You know, uh, literally the lies ran pretty deep when you were in denial. So Right. Or it could just be flat out lying to to feel, you know, to paint a picture that you're more, you know, part of than, than you should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some other ways that we do this is when we try to be more of a big shot, you know, like, and, and maybe that's not something that we think we do right away, but maybe we do it in over committing so that we're always there for that person and they can always rely on us when, you know, the truth is that we all have lives and it's okay to say that, you know, I've got something that day and, you know, <laughs> it's not something we always have to give into that way, but yeah, I'm super guilty of trying to, you know, seek approval and make sure everyone likes me because uh, I've had a lot of experiences in the past of feeling shame that was, you know, the society that we live in that was just casting that upon me. There's so much shame involved in being gay that it just became a form of rejection for me. Like my dad, for example, he taught me to be ashamed of being what he considered to be weak, you know, which was gay, but we didn't really know about that at the time or talk about that for sure right and then church paul i i feel like my church rejected me for being gay big time you know I, i've talked about that before i felt the same growing up as well and, and I, I think that that's really horrible because you know it's where we actually first get our initial dose of community is in the church if especially if we grew up there before we went to school Mm-hmm. And then, you know, school being the secondary and both of those can be very difficult on a child that is gay fundamentally and, you know, is dealing with those growing pains and trying to fit into a scenario where they do feel askew to begin with. Yeah, it's really disheartening. And then what about bullying like school kids, even teachers were bullying to kids that were different in in our day, I think. Oh, I think so. More A, a lot more than today. I mean, today it's more of a, a social Thing that bullying is not really 
a nice thing to do and it's not generally accepted. But in our day, it was pretty much the norm, I think. Yeah, why can't you just act normal? I mean, like I've, I've known of teachers that in my day would actually tell the parents that, you know, they're not fitting in. They're not. Yeah, know. that was, I, I can relate to that. And I, I think that today's a little different, and but they're still bullying. It still exists. And, and I think the difference is people are willing to talk about it. And there's people that are keeping a lookout for those that are being bullied and, and standing up for them and helping them through their, you know, daily shrine, sure. basically. I mean, and, and just like in my day, like even dressing down to try and look more normal or to fit in more with the kids around me, as opposed to wearing what I wanted to wear. Um, I think that was a form of people pleasing as well, because, you know, if I stood out, then I would be different and it would be an easy target. And that was something that I avoided as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, society in general was very different when we were younger. There was a lot of humor on TV, laughing at gay people, and you would hear comments on the radio constantly. And it, it was considered a negative thing at the time. You know, there were no positive ro role models. Anyone yeah. that was gay was less than. It was just the way it was. And I, I felt rejection from everyone. You know, I, I, and, there was so much rejection that, that I developed a fear of being rejected, rejected. And that caused me, you know, to seek approval from everyone. That was, I was trying to avoid that fear of rejection and, and persecution. Yeah. You know, it was just, just to prove to them that I wasn't weak or different and, or gay for that matter. You know, I was in the closet, so it was a, a full-time job to deny my truth basically well, true. to survive. I mean, there wasn't anywhere to go to, to be myself. So there was a lot of hiding. I mean, I, it took me until I was 18 to be able to really look at myself honestly. And it had been a long road of self-discovery. And I remember when my mother found out I was gay, she sent me to a Christian psychologist and I was sitting there and I was a just, Christian psychologist. I'm yes. sorry for interrupting. Actually, but it was. And um, it was the one that she had went to. And she said she wanted me to go to him specifically because he was you know, Christian. And how did that go? It was very interesting because he said, why are you here? Which kind of surprised me because I assume my mother had already called him and informed him that mm -hmm. you know he needed to change me. And I basically just told the guy, I said, look, I'm here because I'm gay. And I'm just going to tell you right now that it's taken me 18 years to be okay with who I am. And I have no intention of sitting here and letting you scramble my brains in 30 minutes. Wow. You were pretty strong. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been like that when I was young. I, I, I was kind of angry at the whole situation. You know, I, I, it took me a long time to be okay with who I was. And I just, I couldn't go back to that wanting to, you know, I, I remember like when I was 13, Every night when I would fall asleep, I would pray to God to please kill me. Don't let me wake up. I don't want to be this way and, and please change me. And none of those things happen because I think I'm exactly the way I was meant to be. You know, yeah. from the day I met you, which has been decades now, I, I've always admired your ability to be yourself. And um, I was amazed at how you were able to do that, to be yourself, uh, based on your background that I knew of, you know, um, you didn't grow up in the most, uh, progressive rural. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very rural. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to be comfortable there because of the, you know, mentality and 
the, the lack of openness. And, and for a lot of those reasons and, you know, feeling like, and just being afraid for my life a lot, you know, when I was younger, um, I was very surprised when he looked at me and, and he, he said, <laughs> well, it sounds to me like your mother's the one with the problem. Why don't you tell me about how you came out? Really? Yeah, I was very surprised. And, and I he was, was a actually, Christian counselor. And I was very comforted by the fact that he was Christian. Wow. Yeah, because he was letting me know that it's okay. And, of course, that took a long time for that seed to start growing mm -hmm. because I had so firmly had to push away everything I knew about religion at the time. Um, and I believe that that was a lot of people-pleasing, too, you know, um, mm -hmm. because I would sit there and listen to them talk about it's God's punishment. Cause I mean, we came out in the eighties, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So when I hit the scene, I would meet people and I would become friends with people. And then you wouldn't see them for a couple of weeks and you find out that they had passed mm -hmm. and you know, AIDS was really rampant then. And it was really difficult. And I remember there was a, you know, a, we called it a popcorn prayer service and you just pop up and you say who you want them to pray for. And you know, they pray oh, for yeah. them. And I stood up and I asked him to please pray for my friend who was sick. And then after the, after the service, the youth minister's wife came up to me and said, well, what's wrong with your friend? And I told her that he was HIV. And she said, oh, that's just God's punishment. And turned around and walked away. I mean, there was no caring, loving anything. It was like, I don't have to think about this. Yeah, this so is, that's you know, two types of, of Christians, the one that you just described. And then the counselor, I have to give kudos to the counselor for being so uh, progressive and open-minded. Well, maybe open -minded. he actually knew what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, he did some research and, and, well, he obviously had an education. Yeah. So that's good. But, you know, I, I again, I'm, I'm always amazed at, at how well adjusted you are having come from that environment. And I never felt that adjusted in my youth. But I think that, you know, back to seeking approval, that may have been because you seeked your own approval, but I tend to seek approval from everyone except myself. Uh, I wouldn't say that I don't do this though i mean my thing is i okay so one of the things i did in regards to this and it really was it, it put me in it painted me into a corner was i would always try to help everybody at work and if they needed anything i was there because i was very technically savvy like i i started building pcs at 12 you know so like when i went to work in the tech industry and all these people were on the call center they don't understand anything about their computer so i would go and show them different ways of doing things and using their tools that they already have installed and you know how to make things work and anytime anyone had a problem instead of calling support they call me so i became this kind of superman and the the problem with that was it it worked me to death for no payback you know, and that was a people pleasing mechanism that I did. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think that sometimes we overextend on our purchases because we want to look like we have everything. Or, mm -hmm. You know, I think that's in itself a form of people pleasing as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, seeking approval from yourself is important. And I did not do that. I think you did uh, more than I did. But not seeking approval from yourself, not taking your own, you know, internal mind your own internal way of thinking into perspective or keeping that into perspective is is what caused me to lose myself and you know it ended in a lot of depression and anxiety that you didn't seem to go through but i think that's the difference because i i kept my self-approval like 
low on the list of things to do. I, I really didn't concern myself with me. As long as I could make everyone else happy, then I was okay. Right. But you and, made yourself happy as well. But you were willing to walk through those things. And we walked through a lot of those things together with your family. It's true, yeah. I was a late bloomer, I think, in, in that, that sort of scenario. Um, I did do the shadow work, and that was what was important. Exactly. Uh, but I, I guess it was more of a a denial thing for me, you know, if, as long as everyone else was happy, I didn't have to think about myself. Well, mine wasn't something I just jumped up and said, Hey mom, dad, guess what? <laughs> it was one of those things where, you know, uh, my boyfriend at the time fell asleep at the house. We fell asleep watching TV and, uh, woke up, uh, with my mother standing over the two of us, we were on the couch and he was just cuddling the fuck out of me, excuse my language. But, um, and she, she was like, Paul, Paul, Paul. And I woke up. She's like, hey. And I went in the kitchen and she's like, you know, he, he was holding you like, like you was his girlfriend or something. And I was like, I really can't deal with this at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, but that, that's how it happened. That's how I came out to my mother. Um, and I, I just basically told her, look, this is who I am. And I'm sorry if you can't love me this way, but I will, I will take my stuff and go if that's what you need me to do. And uh, we were able to work through it to a degree with my mother. When my father found out, it was, you know, you're no longer part of this family. You know, you need to leave. You're, you know, and that was it. It was just a hard line. Boom, you're out. That's, we don't need you in this world anymore. And Mm -hmm. that was difficult. And, you know, my dad and I, over the years, because it was years, have patched a lot of that up. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, me being there for my mother when she was ill. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was always, you know, I don't, I can't fault someone for being a victim of what they grew up knowing either. Right. So, I mean, like they didn't know how to assist me or, you know, how to help me through that. And I think a lot of it was just fear for me Mm -hmm. too. So, and and they were doing their best. They were doing what they were taught to do. Um, and I believe that. And I believe you did too, you know, and, and not having to address those things, you basically kept the status quo and you just kept everyone as happy as you yeah, could while they rocked I, the boat, right? I think that was a negative thing for me though, because I, I never, I, I literally got my sense of accomplishment and even happiness from seeking other people's approval. You know, it, it's as long as everyone else was happy, I was okay. And, and that wasn't a healthy thing to do in the long run. I, I needed to take my own emotions into consideration. And you work, you've always, since I've known you worked in scenarios where you're assisting people and helping them to be happy. And I think that that's an interesting, you know, thing in itself, Yeah. right? You, you've actually had a calling or, you know, a drive for that. Yeah. But now I've learned to keep my thoughts, my own thoughts, you know, I uh, keep their, keep them in perspective. You know, I, I, I think that a lot of it was the internal messaging I got from being a people pleaser. I was, I was playing those things in my head over and over the internal messages. You know, I need to do this in order to make that person happy. I need to be like this in order to make these people happy, you know, and, and it became internalized so deeply that I didn't know how to live without doing that, which is where the unhealthy part came in. Yeah. So, so I think one of the things that, you know, is really important to realize is not only are you, you know, not being honest with yourself, but you know, when you're being cloaked in approval, you're not really presenting your true self. And there may be someone out there that needs that, you know, I mean, like 
they may need to know that it's okay to be who you are. And if you're listening in today and you know you have those things going on, it's okay. We're not saying you need to go out and tell the world. We're not saying that you need to tell your boss. We're just saying that it's okay to be where you're at and to grow through that. You know, becoming aware of your scenario and the things that are holding you into a pattern are the first step to being able to decide that that's not what you want anymore. And, you know, I think that seeking approval from everyone was really just hiding my shame. I was ashamed of myself because that's the way I was taught to be. And, you know, I was ashamed of what most of society believed was something to be ashamed of. And people-pleasing, making sure everyone was okay with me, you know, was keeping me further in the closet and, and in essence, keeping me unhappy. So well, that I'm, was a learned lesson. And we've learned quite a few. But mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that we're where we're at today and that we can share this with everyone. Yeah, me too. And uh, thank you for sharing those stories, Paul. That was awesome. Are you ready to close? Yeah, so in closing today, Brian and I, we we made a song, and we like to share that with you guys. Thanks for listening to Gay Peace Journeys podcast, and remember to spread the peace. Please take a moment to share a link with anyone that might benefit from listening, and don't forget to like and follow us for more Gay Peace. And we hope you'll continue your Gay Peace journey with gaypeace.com. Absolutely. So enjoy the song. Peace out. Destiny